Galatians 6. All right, let's read verses 11 through 18. Galatians 6, 11 through 18 say this in the Word of God. Paul says, You see how large a letter I have written unto you with mine own hand. As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Verse 18, brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Let's pray again. Heavenly Father, again, we claim the blood in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you for what we've heard tonight. Lord, we thank you for these good songs, Lord, uh, to encourage our heart and through which, uh, Lord, we worship you and praise you. Lord, we thank you for the good testimonies uh, we've heard tonight. Lord, we thank you uh, for, Lord, uh, saving our brother and, Lord, that he can give testimony of a transformed life through the power and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We just pray you continue to bless him and his family and his ministry. Lord, uh, again, uh, thank you for those that went out uh, yesterday and uh, handed out tracts and witnessed to people. We pray for the seed that was sown. Lord, even others, Lord, as they were at work this week and going about and uh, giving a track and leaving a track here and there. Lord God, I pray. Lord God, we've sown the seed. We've watered it through prayer. And Lord, we're trusting you by faith to give the increase in people's lives. And uh, Lord, I pray you'd bless each one that's here, bless each one uh, that's listening, uh, dear God. And Lord, I pray you just, uh, Lord, keep our hearts encouraged. May we ever continue to grow in the things of God. And Lord, help us to love you, help us to love one another. And Lord, be the people you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So now we come down to the conclusion here of uh, Galatians 6. And of course, uh, as we've gone through the book and as we finish up here, we see that, uh, you know, uh, through this book, it's about the flesh versus the spiritual. It's about self-glory versus God's glory. It's about being dead to Christ or alive through Christ. Or it's about following a false teacher or the true teacher, right? And so there's always going to be that uh, uh, battle. There was that battle then and there's that battle today. And so uh, we want to, of course, uh, we want to win that battle. And we have won that battle. We just need to realize it and abide in it. And so uh, uh, Paul wants to encourage them as he's finishing up here. In verse 11, he says, You see how large a letter I've written unto you with mine own hand. And so he wants them to know, hey, he took time to write something in his own hand. Now, you know, uh, of course, uh, Paul was known for having uh, a bad eyesight. And uh, normally, of course, we know these are inspired by God, that he is the author. But a lot of times uh, God would give Paul things and he might use somebody to write them down. But here, uh, Paul wanted to make note uh, that he wrote this in his own hand. And I think he did that to show that his concern and his care for these people. You know, a lot of times, you know, sometimes, you know, if you get a handwritten note from somebody, it's a little bit more personal. 
You know, sometimes my wife will say to me, she says, why do you write everything by computer? Why don't you use a pen and it'll be a little bit more personal? I said, well, when they invent a pen with a spell check, I'll do that. So far, there's not a pen out there with spell check, so I don't use a pen because I'm a terrible uh, 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 speller. But, uh, so, uh, but I want you to know if you do get something from me, and it's, even if it's from the computer, I hope it's from the heart. But uh, Paul says, hey, I want you to know that this is from my heart. Hey, I'm really concerned about what you're battling in this spiritual matter. And I want you to know that I, I'm, I'm concerned about you. And of course, you saw that concern all through uh, this epistle. But boy, he, 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 these uh, people that have been bothering them, he says he wished they were even cut off. And then he hits them hard again uh, in these last verses. And he says, uh, as many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh. And notice that it's about the flesh. They constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. Notice that word, they, you see it often uh, here. He says, make a share a fair show in the flesh. Wait, we're not supposed to be showy in the flesh, right? Uh, right? We're supposed to be spiritual. Notice it says, they constrain you. Notice that word constrain. That means to, 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 to force somebody to do something or to say they try to make something necessary. They're trying to tell you, hey, hey, this is necessary. If you want to please God, well, then you have to do this. You know, and so what are they doing? They're putting undue pressure on people to conform. Undue pressure on people to conform. And, uh, you know, you see that a lot today. I mean, that, that's a bad thing a lot of times, even in independent Baptist uh, churches, trying to put pressure on people and to conform uh, uh, by putting pressure on people. Listen, we're called to preach the word, not pressure the word. Amen. We're called to preach it. And we need to just preach the word and, uh, and, and give uh, uh, the word when we're down there, right? Just, you know, you don't need to argue with people and fight with people. Yeah, listen, just, just give forth the word. Just give forth the truth. Listen, uh, the Holy Spirit knows how to apply the pressure. Amen. Let the Holy Spirit apply uh, the pressure. You know, our brother was talking when he when he preached, right, uh, that he was holding on to that pew. And he wasn't holding on to the pew because uh, the preacher was trying to beat him over the head with the truth. The preacher was just preaching the truth. And then that Holy Spirit was taking that and bringing the conviction and desiring to draw him unto himself. So our tribe isn't to trying to, to, to make people conform to a certain way. Our job, say amen, is to love people and give them the truth and let the Holy Spirit do its work through the Word of God. But you see, the reason they did that is because they had an agenda. Hey, listen, as Christians and uh, preachers, I see a lot of preachers with an agenda. Hey, preachers, we're not supposed to have an agenda. It's not about us. You see a lot of churches, man, you see a lot of churches and man, they'll go and they'll grow. But as soon as that pastor passes away, you know what happened? That church dies out. Why? Because it was a personality driven ministry. It was a ministry about a man following a man instead of following the Lord. You know, Paul said, follow me as I follow the Lord. Hey, I don't want anybody to, to, to uh, uh, get their eyes on me or tr trust in me. I mean, I, wa I want to be the best person I can uh, uh, for those the Lord allows me to uh, uh, be a part of. But hey, I, I, I could blow it uh, by, by midnight tonight. Boy, I'd feel terrible if somebody fell to the wayside because of me. Amen. I want people to keep their eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. But no, these people wanted people to have eyes on them. And so it says, listen, they constrained you. Why? Lest they should suffer. You see, it was about them. And boy, even preachers got to be careful about trying to make the ministry about them and trying to get people to follow them and do things for them. 
Hey, I don't want you to follow the Lord because I tell you to, amen? I want you to do it, amen, because you see through the Word of God and you see that God loves you and what He did for you, and you fall in love with Jesus, amen? I just want people to fall in love with Jesus and do things because they love Him. Even though the things they preach it might be right, amen, still you do it because you love the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, it was about them. You see, and that's about that's like the preachers that try to control people. But that's not our job. 2 Corinthians 5, 12 says, For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but to give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that ye may have somewhat to answer them, which glory in appearance, uh, not in heart. Hey, we don't want people that are glory in appearance. We want people that do things from the heart and serve from the heart. And so it says they constrained you. Hey, listen, we don't, want, we don't want to constrain people. You know what we want to constrain people? The love of Christ. That's what Paul said in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.14, for the love of Christ constraineth us. That's just what I said a moment ago. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Now, of course, they were constraining them about wrong things, but sometimes people, people even though the preacher might be preaching the truth, he constrains people even in the right things, right? And he beats people over the head uh, with uh, the word of God. That's why I say all the time, remember, the word of God is a two-edged sword, not a single-edged sword. Remember, the single-edged sword was for slashing, amen? The, the double-edged sword is for piercing. We don't want to slash people with the word of God and beat them down with the word of God. We just want to pierce their heart, amen, with that double-edged sword and let them fall in love with the Jesus and let the love of Christ constrain them, amen, that they do what they do because they've fallen head over heels with their beloved Savior, who died and paid the price uh, for them. So we don't need, they were constraining them with false things and we don't want to constrain people with false things or even things that are right. We want to let the word of God do the work, the spirit of God do the work, the love of God do the work. Because, hey, listen, it says here, verse 13, for neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law. Hey, listen, oh, yeah, they're trying to get you to do something uh, that they can't even do. And Peter said that, right? Right. That was mentioned earlier in this book about re a reference back to uh, what happened in Acts 15 when they all got together. And said, Peter said, hey, which neither we nor our fathers were able to bear. So these people weren't uh, keeping it themselves. But what were they wanting to do? But desire to have you circumcised here again, that they may glory in your flesh. Well, if you really understand what this is talking about, it's kind of silly. It's kind of foolish, right? They want to glory in their flesh. But you know what they were? They were talkers. They weren't walkers. Amen. They knew how to talk, but they didn't know how to walk. Hey, uh, listen, we want people that are walkers more than talkers. Like we say, preach the word. Use words if you have to, but let people see it in your life. You see, getting somebody to do something so you can have bragging rights makes it about you, not them not the Lord. They really didn't care about these people. They really didn't care about the Lord. They just cared about a man having bragging rights. You see, and when you try to force people to do something or you're trying to do it so you can have bragging rights, even again, even if you're trying to do the right thing, 
Hey, that's how we got this thing called easy believism. People got in competition about how many people they could win the Lord, or how many people they could get baptized. You see, it became a, a competition. It became about bragging rights, you see, and all those things. And so people got sidetracked. And so they tried to come up with schemes on how to get people to say yes and how to people to get, you know, uh, 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 do this like it was a, a sales thing. And that's how people get sidetracked like the, like the uh, uh, Pharisees. Matthew 23, 15 says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you compass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. And that's like what these uh, uh, people were doing. They were just out trying to uh, proselyte and didn't really care about people. Hey, uh, listen, uh, Lord knows that we'd love to see this church uh, filled uh, every time the doors open. We'd love to see that, that parking lot uh, 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 full. But listen, you can only do the right thing the right way. Amen. We want to do it the right way. We want people to know that we love them, that we care about them, that we're concerned about what uh, people's going on in people's lives. You know, I talked to a, a few people yesterday when we were downtown. I told those people, listen, uh, we're just a church trying to help people. We want you to know that God loves you and we care about you. We care about what's going on in your life. We care about your soul. We're just not trying to, uh, amen, uh, uh, put another notch in the belt. We're just not trying to, amen, uh, get another person in a pew, even though that's what we want. But we want people to know what Christ did for them and that we really care about them. But you see, religion doesn't care about the individual. Religion cares about the institution. <laughs> it's about the institution, not the individual. And even uh, churches can get sidetracked by that. We want to care about uh, the individual. Uh, Philippians 3.3 says this, For we are the circumcision, what? Which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Listen, we're not here to pump up the flesh. We're not here to glory in the flesh. We have no confidence in the flesh. We want to magnify Jesus. Amen. We want to boast in him and brag in him and magnify him. We want it all to be about Jesus and his honor and glory. And that's what Paul says in verse 14. He says, man, forget all that junk. He said, but God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, hey, why do I want to lift up some man? Uh, why do I want to try and lift myself up? Hey, we want it to be all about the cross. First Corinthians 129, Paul said that no flesh should glory in his presence. Oh, listen, uh, we have nothing uh, to brag about. Thank God we got saved. Thank God we have the privilege of serving. But even after 35 years, Jeff Stewart has not one thing to brag in about except the grace of God in his life. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Amen. In myself, I'm nothing. Amen. And Jesus Christ is everything. And he deserves the honor and glory. You know, a lot of times, you know, you, you've heard about, we talk about traveling and had the opportunity to do this, but I'm not bragging on myself because I know I, I could have never done those things if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. Hey, uh, the only thing that makes me uh, 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 different is Jesus Christ and what he's done for my life. He's done all that. Amen. I tell people I've had a life that I couldn't afford. The Lord had to give it to me. Amen. And he gets the honor. First Corinthians 131 says that according as is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. And that's what we want to glory in and not not the flesh, but in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
You know, but again, even uh, independent Baptists get tracked, sidetracked by glory and uh, in the flesh. You know, uh, uh, they, 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 you know, they, 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 they get a church man, man. Everybody comes in and they do everything right, and boy, they they push people to uh, do things this way, and they push people to do that things why? Because they want uh, uh, bragging rights, boy, preacher. You know, they like to go to that next meeting, amen. And uh, you know, I, I was talking to Brother Wood the other day. You know, when I was a missionary, preacher sent out them questionnaires, and I said, you know what? As a rule, I didn't fill out questionnaires. Now, if they were pretty straightforward, you know, uh, but if they got off on a bunch of foolishness, hey, uh, listen, I'm not going to I'm not going to uh, uh, do some little thing just to get your I want your support, but I'm not going to play some game to get it. I'm, I'm just telling you, uh, that's how I, I was. You know, I mean, I, I, I've seen questionnaires where the 29th question, the 29th question was, uh, tell us when you got saved. You know, now, sometimes I want to answer them just to have a little fun. You know, are you, uh, are you separated in the area of clothing? Why, yes, I'm separated in the area of clothing. My, my, my suits are in the closet. Amen. My socks are in the drawer. My shoes are under the bed. All my clothing is separated. I want you to know I'm separated in the area of clothing. Are you separated in the area of entertainment? Why, yes, I got a radio in the car. I said, my TV's in the living room. Amen. Uh, my stereo's in the other. I want you to know all my entertainment. Is, but I don't think they would have liked that. So I just, didn't, I, just did, I, I just didn't answer it. But I know what they're saying. But if they're straightforward doctrinal things, I won't answer that. But I've gotten questionnaires where people, they'll ask the same question three or four different ways. I said, that's not, that's not somebody who's sincere. That's people that they want to get something and they want to say, well, you know, we had to drop some missionary the other day or, or listen, I want you to know all of our missionaries this or all of our church members this. I, I, listen, that's not the way we're supposed to be, amen? Hey, listen, we all want to say, hey, uh, 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 we helped this many people this week and we were able to help this many missionaries and we care about those things. We're not here to play games in the ministry, amen? We're here to help people in the ministry. We're here to love people in the ministry and we're here to lift up Jesus is Christ and let him be glorified. Amen. Cut all the foolishness. Amen. Let's tell people about Jesus and let's brag on Jesus. Amen. Let him glory in the Lord. You see, Paul gloried in the cross because he knew the person of the cross. Amen. Hey, I want to brag on the pers person of the cross. He knew the purpose of the cross. Amen. He wanted to brag on the purpose of the cross. Amen. And he wanted to brag on the power of the cross. That's what we want to talk about. Hey, I don't want to glory in your flesh or my flesh. Amen. I want to lift up Jesus. I want to talk about the person of the cross, how wonderful he is, how lovely he is. Hey, yesterday I was talking to somebody and uh, he told me uh, uh, what he did, uh, that he was a landscaper at some place and he took care of, that he said he enjoyed working with flowers and this and that. I said, oh man, you, you're making me think of Jesus right now. The Bible says he's the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. Hey, I just found out what their profession was and started bragging on Jesus in that area. Just find a way to brag on Jesus to somebody. Amen and then talk about the purpose of the cross and the power of the cross, something that'll help people. You see, and then he, he, he says, uh, uh, he goes on down here, for neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. What a foolish thing. But again, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And notice what it says, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Notice how many times as we went through this book that the word crucified is mentioned. It's mentioned in 220. It's mentioned in chapter three, verse one. It's mentioned in chapter 524. And it's mentioned here. Again, Paul understood and appreciated the importance of getting believers to understand, again, the power, the truth, and the reality 
reality of what Calvary did for us and provided uh, for us. Amen. Being crucified. Romans 6, 6 again says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Hey, listen, we don't have to serve sin. Amen. We've been crucified with Christ. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we also shall live with him. You see, we are dead with Christ now. And now we can live with him now. He says, nevertheless, I live, yet not I. That is what the Christian life is, amen? Realizing uh, the old man is dead and we are alive in Christ and letting him live through us. Again, Colossians 3, 3, 4, ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. 1 Peter 2, 24, who his own self, Jesus, bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Again, that we being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you are healed. Live unto righteousness. Well, whose righteousness? Jesus is. Crucified. When you think of crucified, of course, you think of the cross. The cross is the place of death. It's the place of death. Calvary is the place where Christ died for, right? He died for us. He died for the world. So when we think of Christ and Calvary, we think that's where uh, Christ died for. But also when we think of Calvary, when we think our side of it, that's the place we die unto. You see, he died for us, but that's where we die unto us, right? Where we die unto self, amen. And allow him again to take over and live through us. You see, salvation again means Christ died for me. The substitution, why am I saved? Christ died for me. He was my substitute. But then sanctification, sanctification means I died with Christ. He died for me, but he also died with me. Amen. And so that's identification. I identify with that. Amen. And uh, I died with Christ. And so he's the only one that got up out of that grave. Amen. So that's why he alone is alive and he alone can live in me and through me. It's through his power. That's what we want to uh, focus on. Maybe we want to, uh, why would you want to glory in the flesh when you're supposed to be dead uh, uh, to the flesh? There's nothing in the flesh worth bragging about. Verse 15, notice what it says. I mean, even if you are circumcised, it says, big deal, big deal. For in Christ Jesus, look, neither circumcision of anything nor uncircumcision. He said, listen, Listen, this stuff doesn't matter in Christ, amen? But what a new creature, that's what matters, amen? Hey, it's not what about what you've done or haven't done. It's about what you are in Jesus Christ. You're a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become new. Hey, that's what's exciting, amen? That sounds real exciting. Hey, I mean, that, I mean, why do you want to brag on something, something else, man? Hey, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't even want to mention it. It just sounds so silly to brag on. Why in the world you want to brag on who got circumcised? Who under, hey, I want to brag on who got saved. Amen. Whose life was transformed through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, that's what's exciting. Amen. That's exciting. And that's what he's talking about. Hey, has your life been changed? We know that. Amen. The day you get saved, he creates that new man in righteousness and true holiness. So whether you did or didn't do it, it doesn't matter. It's not about what you did or what you didn't do. It's about what Christ did. 
Amen. And what he did in us through the gospel that has the ability to accomplish God's intention for our lives. That's what matters. Amen. That new creature. And again, he's saying, man, why are you getting sidetracked uh, by all these foolish things? And boy, you look out there, so many people are sidetracked. Man, you, you, you talk to people uh, on the street there, even in, in uh, 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 churches. I'm amazed at some of the questions. People that have been in church for years, I'm amazed at some of the questions that I still uh, 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 get asked today. Amen. I say, man, have you been paying attention? What's going on here? But thank God, the only thing that matters is a changed life through the power of the gospel. Verse 16, but as many as walk according to this rule, amen, according to uh, the truth, what peace on them, mercy and upon the Israel of God. That's what, that's what people need. Amen. They don't, they don't need some rules and regulation to check, check off. Listen, when, you know that, that lady was sharing her testimony uh, uh, today? You know, I mean, uh, can you imagine somebody, if, if she came to somebody or somebody that's going through something hard and difficult, and they said, man, I'm, I'm just really going, I'm just going through a hard thing right now, and they, you, you just handed them a little list. Well, you just, you know, go check these little things off, and, and you'll feel better. No, they, they need something real, amen? They need something that's going to give them peace. Listen, oh, man, I've messed up my life, amen? Uh, they need mercy. You know, uh, uh, yesterday when um, Brother uh, Wood was talking about using the law, right? The whole purpose of the law was to show people guilty. And listen, God want, the reason God wants you to feel guilty is not because he wants you to feel bad, although you need to feel bad. The reason he's trying to get you under conviction is because he wants to show mercy in your life. But see, the, what's, what's, what's the, uh, the, the deciding thing about mercy? It can only be applied to the guilty. You see, God wants to show mercy, but mercy can only be applied to the guilty. So until somebody realizes they're guilty and acknowledges they're guilty, then he can't show them mercy <laughs> because that's what mercy's for. It's for guilty people. And so the reason he wants you to feel guilty is not because he's trying to beat you down, but amen, he loves you. And he said, man, would you just hurry up and realize and acknowledge that you're guilty so I can show you mercy in your life, so I can save you and I can make you a new creature in life? That's what I want to do. I'm not trying to beat you down and kick you to the curb, amen. I just want to save you. But to, to you acknowledge that, amen, I can't do that. I want to make you that new uh, creature. But boy, as soon as you do that, as soon as you began to walk by the rule of the truth of the word of God, amen, the gospel, then you know what? Then I can give you that peace you need. I can give you that mercy you need. And then notice what he said here, an interesting statement. He said, upon the Israel of God, the Israel of God. I think that's kind of, that's an interesting statement there. What does he mean by the Israel of God? Well, of course, these Judaizers, right? You know, circumcision was for the Jews, and I think he's doing a play on words here, actually, because you remember when, when he was going back and he was showing when he was doing the comparison between, you know, Ab you know, he was talking about Abraham there and, and uh, uh, Ishmael and Isaac, you know, and uh, remember when Jesus talked to the Jews and said, we have father, you have Abraham as our father. He said, well, no, if you had Abraham as your father, right? And then listen, uh, it's the children of faith that are the children of Abraham, right? And so uh, it's the children of faith that are the Israel of God in that sense, the children of, uh, the children of faith. 
is what he's saying. Now, he's not talking about, I don't think he's talking about uh, uh, Jews here, but he's doing a, 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 a he's sort of, th- I believe, throwing it back in their, in their face there. So he's saying here, verse 15, neither circumcision availeth thing or uncircumcision. That word availeth means has efficacy, force, and value. It means the power to produce an intended effect. Listen, uh, a circumcision won't get you what you need is what it's saying, or uncircumcision won't get you what you need. So again, whether you did it or didn't do it, that's not what's going to give you favor with God. That's not what's going to give you power with God. But the gospel working in your life is what's going to give the intended effect of what God wants to do in your life. So uh, verse 16, as many as walk according to this rule. You see, everything we need is there. We just need to live in it and walk in it. Verse 17, from henceforth, amen, let no man trouble me. Let no man trouble me. And basically he's saying, listen, I'm sick of all this stuff just to uh, get to the point from this point, right? Let no man trouble me. He says, get, in my ba- get off my back, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. You see, uh, the marks, he was talking about the marks of being a servant of Christ. You see, they wanted to glory in the marks of the flesh. That's what they wanted to glory in. They wanted to glory in the marks of the flesh. But Paul said, I want to glory in the marks of Christ. He said, listen, the marks of circumcision don't mean anything to me. What matters to me, a man and God are the marks of consecration. You know, Paul had marks on his body from serving God. Listen to what he says when he gives his testimony in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 27, say this. Are they ministers of Christ? He says, I speak of as a fool. I am more in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I've been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness and watching often, in hunger and thirst and fastings often, in cold and nakedness and many more other things. Boy, listen, he paid a prize for being a servant of Christ. Amen. Boy, listen, uh, I, I wouldn't want to be up there uh, next to uh, uh, Paul when he starts saying, oh man, Paul, where'd you get that scar? Hey, Paul, where'd you get that? And starts giving his testimony. Listen, he, he, listen, he says, man, basically he's saying, listen, you know, you want to brag about that one thing? Hey, that's nothing uh, 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 compared to the marks of consecration, amen, getting out there and paying a price for serving him. Not that he was bragging about that, but he was showing, hey, listen, I've, listen uh, I, I, I'm not just some kid off the street. I've paid a price to serve Christ, amen, and I've got the price of consecration in my life. You see, only the grace of a transformed life could keep me going through all of that, Paul said. He said, that, listen, uh, the law couldn't have gotten me through all that. But grace got me through all that. Grace is what came in, knowing what he did in my life. And listen, uh, the power of the gospel got me through that. The power of the cross got me uh, through all that. Let's finish up here. And so he closes up. Brethren, look at this. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. So this whole book was about the battle between law and grace between the flesh and the spirit and all this thing. And he finishes up. He says, listen, I'm, listen, listen, I, I, just one last time, grace. It's all of grace. 
And that's what you need to get, amen? All of grace is my story. All of grace from here to glory. The same grace that taught my heart to fear, amen? The same grace my fears relieve. You see, grace, amen? We're not just saved by grace, but grace is what keeps us saved. And grace is what helps us get through everything we're going to face on this earth while we're saved. You see, grace balances everything out. Grace brings everything up. Grace makes everything right. Paul ended most of his epistles desiring grace for the readers. You know, you read, look at the end of almost every one of his epistles, and it ends with him uh, uh, wanting them, amen, to grow in grace. 2 Peter 3, 18 says, but grow in grace. Ephesians 2, 7 says this, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Listen, grace, grace ha- has done so much for us and has provided so much for us, we can't even begin to comprehend. It's, that's why it's going to take eternity. Amen. As we talked about before, we're going to spend eternity just seeing more of what grace has provided for us as children of God. And he says this with your spirit for God. Paul said this in Romans one: for God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel. And so he says, listen, you need to stop worrying about trying to serve God in the flesh or trying to glory in the flesh. This is a spiritual thing. Amen. And you need his grace working in your spirit. Amen. To help you uh, uh, get back on track and stay on track. And so forget about all these uh, uh, foolishness and following man. Amen. Get your eyes back on the Lord. Get your eyes back on Calvary and just get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. And don't be sidetracked. Let's pray.